0: When it comes to your life, your future, Christ, what are you expecting? We'll, we'll look at that next on Times of Refreshing. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, welcome. Times of Refreshing is up next with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. We'll spend some time today here in Psalm 62 as we take a look at a message simply entitled Expectation. What is it you expect of yourself, your future? What do you expect of God? What do you think God expects of you? Well, there's an awful lot there, isn't there? We'll try and come up with a few answers for you and some encouragement along the way. Here now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, again from the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman.
1: This is what we're going to talk about this morning, expectation. What kind of expectation do you have about yourself? What kind of expectation do you have concerning your future, God's purpose, God's destiny, God's design of you? where you're going, what He has in store for you. What is your expectation like? What's your expectation like when it comes to the things that you read in the Word of God? I think this is a word that is often overlooked. Although it is tied to the word hope, we often overlook this word expectation. And God has no problem uh, with you having an expectation that's founded upon His Word and is founded upon something that He's spoken to you. And I think this word is also tied to hope, but it's also tied to to faith. It's tied to belief. It causes us to look beyond our present circumstances and to look to God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or what. This is the kind of God that we serve. And we want to make sure that we align ourselves with biblical expectations, because in that, it causes God to respond to us. One of the individuals who just I love is King David. David was a man that had many ups and downs and trials and hiccups and hangups and battles. But you're going to find in Psalm 62 that he had a mindset that I think helped him to overcome in his life. And helped him to leave such a lasting impression and legacy. that, That to this day, thousands of years later, we're still talking about his life. Psalm 62, verse 5 to 7. In this psalm, King David is talking about waiting on God, waiting for his salvation, trusting in God, believing in God. And in the midst of this, in the midst of being persecuted and his adversaries and all these things, we see David begins to write. And he says in verse 5, look at this. He says, my soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is from Him. This word expectation, it is hope. It refers to an attitude. Somebody say attitude. Attitude. He says to an attitude of anticipation. Hope. It refers to an attitude of anticipation that something will. Somebody say will. That something will happen. My expectation, my hope. My attitude of anticipation that God is going to do something, that something will happen in my life. He says in verse 5, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. It doesn't say it's of Him. It says it's from Him. His, his, my expectation is from Him. And me and my wife were talking about this last night. We have, we, we expect God to do something for us. But we have to keep in mind that God, through His Word, it says real clearly here that His expectation is from Him. It's not only in, but it's from. My expectation is not only in Him, but it's from Him. God, through His Word, helps to create an expectation. He forges it within us. He causes us to expect things based on the things that he says that he would do. So my expectation is from, it comes from him. You helped to forge this in my life, God. You help me to believe you for certain things. You help me to see that if you have said it, you will bring it to pass. And my expectation now is coming as a result of the words that you've spoken to me. He says here, he says, my expectation is from him. My expectation is from Him. There's three things about this verse I want to draw out real quick. Number one, he says, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotion. And I've been talking about this lately because for some individuals, their lives spiritually is like a roller coaster. Sometimes they're up, sometimes they're down. But... When we walk with God, there should be a stability. It doesn't mean that we don't have attacks, that we don't have things that come our way, things that hinder us, but there's something in us that should be stable based on the fact that God has created an expectation based on the words that he's spoken to us. And so I think for all of us, we've got to get this fixed in our mind, that my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, this is what, comprises or composes or makes up our soul, it has to be in position whereby we are willing to, and he says this, wait silently, silently. My soul waits silently. That talks about and that speaks of an inner rest. No matter what you're going through, there should be an inner rest of your soul. Let me say this to you. Look look at me in my eyeballs. Get some sleep. Stop worrying about it all night. My soul, my mind, my will, and my emotion have come into alignment with the will of God. I have an expectation that God will come through. So it will cause me to rest. It will cause me to be asleep on the back of the boat like Jesus was when the the winds were beating vehemently against the ship. And everybody else was panicking. But yet Jesus was resting. Why? Because his soul was waiting quietly for the Lord. There was a rest. And I think this is what we want to get to. Where we learn to rest in God. Where we tell our mind to get in alignment with the, with the will of God. We tell our emotions to get in alignment with the will of God. We get our will in alignment with the will of God. And we wait, rest silently. Not gossiping. Yeah. <laughs> not murmuring. Not complaining. Not worrying, can I have an amen, amen. but our, my soul, it rests and it waits here silently for God, he says, alone. And then he says this, I love it. He says, for my expectation is from him. I've aligned myself with the expectation that he's forged within him, in me and I believe in him. But my, my belief in him comes from him. He's helped me to establish this by giving me his promises and his word. This is how we live our lives. In the midst of all the mess that's going on around us. In the midst of all the vicissitudes of life. All the stuff that happens in life. There's a rest that we walk in. We're not like the world. Amen. We don't flip out, panic, start cussing people out, talking crazy and foolish. We're resting in God. Because the God that we serve is a mighty God. He's a powerful God. Can I have an amen? And there's nothing that can stop him from doing what he wants to do in our lives. Now, I want to take this a step further because I believe there's four areas that we really, really have to, to hone in on when it comes to expectation. And obviously, there's so many more. But but these four areas are the areas that God really laid upon my heart. And these four areas are areas that we have to really get established within us. That I have a certain expectation from God who saved me, who delivered me, who filled me. That in these areas, he's going to move. In the first area, we see it right here in verses 6 and 7. He says in verse 6, he says, He only is my rock. And my salvation. He is my what? Defense. He says he is my defense. I shall not be moved. This is the King David. I love him. He says in God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength. And my refuge is in who? He says is in who saints? God. He says is in God. And so this was his mindset. So the first area that I want to highlight an expectation and that we have to have an expectation in is an expectation that God will protect us. Protection. This is protection is is built into your covenant. It's built into what God is trying to establish and do within your life. It's it's what God promised he would do. He promised that he would protect us. And we see it very clear. He says, he only is my rock. That speaks of stability. Stability. It speaks of strength. It speaks of force. That when it comes to God, God is my protector. He's my defender. He is my shield. He is my buckler. He is my bulwark. He is the person that I can look to no matter what is going on. And he's never lost a battle. He's never been whooped. Nobody has ever beat him, that he stands supreme. He is king all by himself. Can I have an amen? And so for all of us, we have to get this in our mind because when we're thinking about our relationship with God, we have to see God as a strong tower and he will be a protector in our lives. He says he only is my rock and my salvation. That also has to do with deliverance. He says he is my defense. I have to see him as my defender. Having played professional football, when you get your defense on the team, you have a defense. Your defense is there to stop the other team from getting into the end zone. They're protecting ground. Well, this is how God, he guards us. He stands in between us and the the enemy. And he defends us. He fights him off. He wards him off. He declares that he's stronger than the enemy. And I think we have to have an expectation that God will protect me on my job. God will protect me at my home. That even if I do get on a plane, God will protect me. Can I have an amen? We just had a plane go down. Hey, listen. God will protect me. God is my shield. If he's got to if he's got to hold that thing in the air, it's not going down because purpose is on the plane. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? This is the mindset that we've got to be uh, you know infused with. We can't let fear get a hold of us because God, He is our shield. He's our rock. He's our expectation. And for Him to do something in our lives, it's a simple matter. We have to see it that way, saints, and we have to get it ingrained within our minds that God is my rock. He says he is my defense. The Bible says, I shall not be what? Moved. He says, I will, shall not be moved. Now, I've been talking about this a lot in, in this church. And I'm going to say it to you again. Sometimes, the thing that you have to do with the devil, because he is your ultimate enemy. Sometimes what you have to do with the devil, who is your ultimate enemy, is you have to outlast the devil. Having done all to stand, you stand therefore. Don't move. Don't move off your position. Don't let the the devil intimidate you off your position. God is your strength. He is your defense. And so we have to have an expectation that God's going to fight with me. God's going to fight for me. I don't have to go off and and, and go on a tangent. I just need to stand and wait silently upon the Lord and God will fight a battle for me. Can I have an end? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in this room? This is what God will do for you. And so for all of us here, we got to get it fixed. That God is my friend. He says, I shall not be moved. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will what? We want to put him on the run. We want him to know that we're not going anywhere. We're not buckling under the pressure. We're not moving off our mark. I have an expectation that God is gonna fight for me. I don't know how he's gonna do it. I don't know when he's gonna show up, but I'm not worried about that. All I wanna do is keep my eyes on him, amen? Because a lot of times we sit back, okay, how's God gonna do it? And oh, he didn't do it that way. We get frustrated with God because he doesn't deliver you the way that you dreamed he was gonna deliver you. But he's not on your schedule, amen? All I know is that when Moses came to the Red Sea, nobody knew how he was going to do it. But did God do it? And this is the same God that we serve. God has a way of doing it. He is our protection. He's our defense. We shall not be moved. These two scriptures say that he is our strength. And then the Bible says in these two verses that he is a refuge. This word here, refuge, is He is your shelter. It's not that he's just going to give you shelter. He is your shelter. This word "refuge" means shelter, place of safety and protection, security. From every demon, from every witch, from every warlock. From every word curse, with from every Christian word curse that people have spoken against you, rest in God. Wait on God. L- live in God. Uh, just believe in God. Have an ant- expectation that God and an anticipation that God is going to fight my battles. This is the mindset that we have to develop, saints. Amen? Because he's your, re- he's your refuge. He's your resting place. Go in to your prayer closet and get settled in him. He's going to protect you. Go in to your prayer closet and say, God, I'm resting in you. I don't have all the answers, but I know that you are my God. And you have helped me to create an expectation through your word that you're going to handle anything that comes my way. Because I find my rest in you. Can we give God a shout of praise for that right now? We serve an awesome God. Man, we serve an awesome God. I just love it. Number two, and this is the second area that we really have to see God and have an expectation that He will come through. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 on down to 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 to 11. God, through His Word in this area, also creates an expectation. And it, and, and it involves your provision, where God gives you. When God gives you a vision, he also brings provision. He also brings the provision. Everything that you need to get what he wants you to get done in the earth, that he's ordained, in his timing, he's going to bring the provision. But there's a certain response that he's looking for from us so that we can lock into this expectation. He says in verse 6, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also what? And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a what? Cheerful giver. And God is able. Now this is the key. He's creating an expectation through what he's saying to us right now in this room. He's saying, God is able. To make all grace. Somebody say all grace. He All grace abound towards you. He's able to make all grace abound towards you. He says that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Amen? And so he says this again. I want you to read it again. It says in verse 8. And God is able. He's creating an expectation. As I sow, I'm going to reap. As I sow, I'm going to reap. And as I sow, I have an expectation that God is able to make all grace abound towards me. That I always have, will have, always have sufficiency in all things. And I may have an abundance for every good work every single good work God is telling me that if I'm willing to sow that this is how he's going to respond it's an expectation look in verse 9 as it is written he is dispersed abroad he is given to the poor his righteousness endures forever now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have what sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness and this is the last verse, while you are enriched in everything for all what? Liberality. That means that God is blessing me that I might continually be a blessing to other people. That I become a channel of blessing to other people. It's my expectation that when I, when I sow, when I give from a financial standpoint, when I give my life, When I give my time, when I give my talent, when I give my talent to things, that there's an expectation that God is going to move and there's going to be a return on the investment that I'm making as I do it in accordance with God's will for my life. Look what he says. While you are enriching everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, other people will begin to thank God for you. Thank God for your faithfulness. Thank God for your liberality. Thank God for your generous nature. Thank God for what you've done. But at the end of the day, it's God who helped to create an expectation that there's going to be a return on the investment that I make. This is a lifestyle. It's a way in which we live, saints. It's a way in which we've got to get our mindset. Stop doubting. Stop fearing. Stop thinking that God has blessings for everybody else except you. Can I have an amen? Amen. Our mindset is that, God, I'm expecting, God, you to be my defense. God, I'm expecting through your word, through your promises, that you will make provision for my life in every, for every good work that I need to accomplish for your glory. Amen? Amen? And the next thing, number three, and I think this is real good. And I want to just linger on this one just a little longer. And it's found in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 on down 8. Acts chapter 1. Jesus has just... He's getting ready to ascend. He's he's speaking to his disciples. And he tells them something here that I think is important for all of us. And we've got to have an expectation. It's not just about knowing it. But we expect it based on God's promises. He says in verse 4. And being assembled together with them. Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when, he, we had, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? He says to Israel, and he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. He says, but you shall receive what? He says, you shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Somebody say power. power. This is another area where we have to have expectation. That when the Holy Spirit who is in our lives... When he comes to reside and abide within us, there's an expectation that I, ha- I have to have that God is going to empower me to do whatever he's asking me to do. And I want to stay on this just for a moment because, you know, we, we've created this weak Christianity where there's no power. Where people are struggling from week to week and, and, and they're trying to figure out why their life is, a, is a, like a roller coaster. Like I said earlier, the Christian life. It's an empowered life. I don't care what kind of drug addiction you had, what kind of bondage you had, the things that you went forth and did in your life. It doesn't matter if you were gay. It doesn't matter if you were a a pimp, a hustler, a prostitute. When you come to Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost gets on your life, can I have an amen? God will break every bondage and cause you to be an overcomer in your life. Can I have an amen? Now look at your neighbor and tell them, you better ask somebody. I got some witnesses in this room right now. I know I do. Because you know where God delivered you from. Does anybody know where God delivered them from in this place? Now, I know we're teaching here, but we got to make sure we get this straight. Because there has to be an expectation that the Holy Spirit is in my life. And he is not a force or he's not an it or a thing. He is a powerful person that has set up residence within me. And my body has become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because I got the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, all things are possible. Amen? Amen. But I have to have this expectation. Amen. I have to have this, this mindset. And I thank God for the physicians. And I thank God for doctors. And we have several doctors in this church. I thank God for them. But I want to say this to you, saints. You can't always That's right. look at a report... And just take that report without weighing the report by what God has said in His Word. If we can believe God, I'm all for doctors and we need that. Now, listen, I'm not saying don't listen to your doctor, I'm gonna put that on the record. But I am saying this I wanna say this, saints. There's some things that doctors don't have answers to, but God has an answer for. And we have to learn to believe God and realize that He empowers us.
0: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of the Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net.